John, obviously you're head of EMEA offices. How do you see the European outlook as we go into 2020 for the office sector? Well, um, people often talk about EMEA as one market. And clearly there are lots of markets that operate within it. And uh, different countries we've seen have uh, benefited from the, um, the fiscal and monetary policies that we've seen um, in different ways. And I would say if you look at Germany and France, for instance, there's been a lot of capital been going into Paris and the five principal cities in Germany, driving yields down to levels which we have not seen before. Um, if you compare that, however, with some of the other parts of Europe, which have been held back, in my view, so uh, Milan, for instance, for political reasons, um, Madrid is behind in the cycle, therefore, compared to its previous peak, is only just getting ahead of where it was before, um, and of course, London. So London, through Brexit, has seen uh, f uh, muted levels of transactional volume, in my view, due to the hiatus that's been created between the sellers and the buyers. And um, I think that's not a, a lack of capital. It's just a point where th those two ends of the, of the deal, nobody wants to blink today because they felt there was a short-term resolution to that um, point, either through Brexit negotiations or through a new uh, election. So I think actually um, there are very different distinct um, characteristics throughout EMEA um, and one thing we look to do is to try to uh, choose the, the right uh, country to invest in at the right moment of course. Um, and interestingly um, it seems as though occupiers are in general influencing significantly um, both office design um, but also the investment cycle. W what are you seeing from the occupier side? From the occupier perspective, um, something which is really apparent to me is despite the very low levels of availability, occupiers are increasingly discerning. Uh, they want the very best space um, and uh, in order to get that space they are prepared to pay a little more. They're, they're more demanding of their, of their landlords um, but they're also prepared to occupy it um, uh, in a more uh, dense way. So uh, more people on the floor plate enabling them to pay more. Occupiers now really value being on one level. I think the improved collaboration of your own workforce being based on a single level is, is properly recognised. As a result of that, I think occupiers now value being on a single floor much more than having their own building. So from our perspective, buying bigger buildings with floor plates that can accommodate a whole business um, and for you to provide some of those amenities that might be shared by three, four or more uh, businesses in the same building, i.e. conference space. Those kinds of things can be uh, very valuable and also uh, if they're used in the right way, in fact you don't even have to attribute any uh, rental to that space because actually the payback is throughout the building and occupiers are certainly choosing buildings which have a higher degree of amenity and therefore you, the payback is in shorter voids and potentially higher rents. And location, location, location has always been the view. Do you think that's still the case? both for the occupiers but also then the investors? Yeah, I think there's definitely a, um, a very strong desire to be in the very best locations. I think you can't um, overestimate the importance of traditional locations well connected um, through infrastructure. But there are also uh, new areas um, developing and certainly um, types of occupiers that are clustering together to form new sub-markets. And from my perspective, when we look at these, we try to identify the ones which are truly long-term, where the sub-market is being formed and has a real long-term horizon, um, and not something where if and when the tide goes out, it becomes the area where the vacancy levels rise. So we're very um, careful and disciplined, I would say, in trying to choose those truly 
long-term locations for um, new occupiers. And in terms of ESG, obviously for investors, one of the key issues has been how do you get the return on investment from that? Um, but do you see that as that kind of changing now? Yeah, I think there's two things. Occupiers are now prepared to say, look, I, I want this building to improve um, and they will work in partnership with the owner. Um, and uh, they're open to the idea of capital investment being provided by the owner and for them to pay potentially an increased rent or to increase the length of their lease, etc., to commit to the building. So I think that, that um, that's very helpful, obviously, from an investor's point of view and trying to get a return. The second thing that I think is really fundamentally changing is the cost of those uh, improvements is reducing all the time. So um, I would say that five years ago, um, there, was, there was a real fear and a kind of um, a suspicion about uh, investment that was put into buildings and whether there was re really any tangible payback. Um, it's very measurable now and I think that um, with increasing costs of energy for instance, um, you can find uh, uh, alterations to a building with a payback as low as three years. Now typically leases in, you know, in, in most parts of Europe are three years plus and therefore occupiers are very happy to um, contribute, if not actually pay for those changes because the payback um, entirely falls to them. Um, and in terms of, I suppose, the investment strategy, you've got to think about um, not just what occupiers are looking for today, but also what they're looking for in the future and analysing those trends. So I suppose, what sort of buildings are you looking for and what kind of locations? So the kind of buildings we look for, um, for me, we're at a point in the cycle where uh, yields are obviously very low by historic standards. Rents have typically, in most markets, grown to um, way beyond their previous peaks. Um, and therefore we're looking for buildings where we can um, use our own skills um, and, uh, and invest capital effectively to drive some performance. So uh, we are looking for buildings where they are, may not be perfect today, but actually are capable of becoming real gems. And uh, I think that's, uh, for us, that seems to be the, the most appropriate investment strategy at this point in the cycle. Great. Um, I think it'll be a really interesting year, 2020, in terms of watching these developments for the office market, particularly here in London. So thank you, John. Yeah, thank you.